There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Everybody doing LA today? It is uh, Wednesday, uh, July twelfth, two thousand and twenty-three. That's my uh, <coughs> that's my old-timey DJ voice. How's everybody doing out there today? <laughs> I am your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing? It is Wednesday, Hump Day. So let's get to humping. All right, guys. A couple things, real quick, guys. Please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please subscribe, follow. And then give us a beautiful rating. A gorgeous five-star would be awesome. It helps with the uh, algorithms and popping up on other people's situation. Also, guys, what if you're following us on, or if you like to follow us on social media, check us out at Don't Tread on America on the Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. If you are not on social media, that's fine. Check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And, uh... From all of those situations, you can message us. Uh, if you follow us, I mean, it's great. I do some memes. We have some other contributors that throw stuff up on the pages. And, uh, yeah, basically, you won't get a bunch of crap. Follow the show. If you subscribe to the email, um, you'll get show updates. Sometimes I do a blog every now and again when I have the time. Uh, it's hard enough to do three shows a week, you know, I'm just a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast, man, it's how I roll. But, if you would like to help the show out, you can go to the DTOM store. The link is on the bottom of the podcast app and what you're listening to this on, look for it, it says DTOM store. Check that out. We got some merch. Yes, we have a merch store. Check it out. You can also access the DTOM store from our website, Don't Tread on America. So, guys, please check it out. I only have a few items on there. I'm just testing the waters. Got t shirts, 
some stickers, phone cases. I'm going to probably add some more stuff here. I got to get back into the mix and see what I can add. But, you know, working, shows. I got some doctor's appointments tomorrow and so on and so forth. But I will get to it probably this weekend. I'll get in, on there and add some more stuff. So, guys, go to it. Check it out. D-Tom store and uh, help a brother out. All right. So let's get into the mix. All right. So this is going on right now. So overseas, I don't know exactly where they're at. Somewhere across the pond. Right? Um, hell, I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? So they're having a NATO meeting over yonder. <laughs> and... Uh, Zelensky's being is is being left out. I mean, he's there because you know there's a war going on in his country. So of course he's got the time to you know come over to uh, wherever the fuck this place is at. I don't even know where they're at. But anyway, so um, I'll go ahead and read the article to probably pop up. <laughs> so this was yesterday on Tuesday. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky took to Twitter to voice his displeasure over the NATO or over the NATO. Who in the fuck wrote this? Over NATO's uh, number of member of countries. I don't, I don't even know how the fuck I wrote this. I'm going to read this how it's written. I'm going to read this how it is written. On Tuesday, Ukrainian President Zelensky took to Twitter to voice his displeasure over the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, after a number of member countries, including the United States, rejected his war-torn nation's bid to join. Okay, so let's just put it in D-Tom speak. On Tuesday... NATO told Volodymyr Zelensky to go pack sand because they rejected his nation's bid to join. There. How hard was that, guys? Uh, Human events. Get your fucking shit together. Come on. Come on, man. (laughs) President Biden said in no uncertain terms earlier this week that that he did not currently support admitting Ukraine into the alliance. Uh, It would necessitate the triggering of Article 5 of the treaty, which would drag all member states into a war to defend Ukraine. Zelensky says, We value our allies, we value our shared security, and we always appreciate an open uh, conversation, adding that Ukraine would be represented uh, at the NATO summit in Valenis because it is about respect. But Ukraine also deserves respects, he continues. Now, on the way to Volinus, wherever in the fuck that is, we receive signals that certain wording is being discussed about Ukraine. And I would like to emphasize uh, that this wording is about invitation to become NATO member, not about Ukraine's membership. He called the decision not to include Ukraine in NATO unprecedented and absurd, citing the fact that no time frame had been given regarding potential admission. It seems there is no readiness neither to invite Ukraine to NATO nor to make a member of the alliance. He laminated. <laughs> this means that a window of opportunity is being left to bargain Ukraine's membership into NATO with negotiations with Russia. And for Russia, this means motivation to continue its terror. Uncertainty is weakness. Uh, and it will openly discuss this at the summit. During the interview with CNN, Biden warned that admitting Ukraine into NATO while the nations still at war with Russia would force allies to join the fight. We're uh, determined to commit every inch of territory that is NATO territory, blah, 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 blah. So in other words, basically, 
This is what happened. I personally believe that Zelensky was... Can I can I get these freaking ads out of my way so I can read the motherfucking shit? God bless it. Um, okay, so here's essentially what happened. I'm going to flash back through... Let's go... We're going to jump into the uh, D-Tom Wayback Machine with Mr. Peabody. Okay? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name four names for you. Okay, we're going to talk about Noriega. We're going to talk about Saddam Hussein. We're going to talk about uh, Muammar Gaddafi and Osama bin Laden. Now, why am I bringing those horrible terrorist uh, entities up? Why am I bringing those guys up? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, I don't have dates off the top of my head, but Noriega was essentially put in place in Panama and uh, we, we uh, funded him and gave his his army arms, okay? And um, in, a, in a bid to help rid Contras out of the country and so on and so forth, then we uh, turned our back on Noriega and arrested him because you know, he was into drug dealing and stuff like that. Then, at one point, we gave Muammar Gaddafi a shit ton of money and arms to defend against, I think it was, uh, I can't quite read it here. Um, yeah, I, I can't quite read the, the thing there. It's kind of small. But anyway, we gave Gaddafi arms and money to uh, change over to rebel in his country he did he gained leadership and then in turn wanted to do right by his libyan people and so on and so forth we killed him okay osama bin laden was given armament was given funding was (laughs) given all this money to change afghanistan and fight the russians essentially and in turn created the taliban and uh we gave them all this armament and weapons and money and then they turned around and the Taliban became a terrorist organization we gave money and armament to Saddam Hussein why so he could fight Iran for us and we gave him all this equipment we gave him all this money and we gave him all this stuff so he could fight Iran then he took those armaments and the money and all that stuff and invaded Kuwait (laughs) so What did we do? We jailed Noriega, we killed Saddam, we killed Osama, and we killed Gaddafi. Because each one of those particular people we gave arms to, we gave money to, for them to do a specific task for us. Okay? And I'm not saying Biden. This isn't, we're not blaming Joe Biden. Because two of these were under Bush, Daddy Bush, and then subsequently Bush Jr., and then another one was under Bush Jr. into Obama, 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 and then also Momar was under Reagan into Bush, and then flash forward under Obama. So this whole Republican, Democrats, so on, it has nothing to do with that R or that D. It's about neocons, it's about warmongering. It doesn't matter what party you're in, because either you're for war or you're against war, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. We used 
And these are just four individuals, for example. We use these four individuals to front a war against our enemies, and then in turn, they became our enemies, and we either jailed them or killed them. Okay? So, <laughs> Zelensky, look at the blueprint. Okay, we give them money. We give them armaments. Now, I think just like Saddam and I don't know about Noriega, but just like Saddam and Osama and Gaddafi was, I'm putting these together with Zelensky, banked a lot of money. Now, supposedly, now this is rumor, obviously we can't prove it because a offshore account is why it is what it is. It's confidential. But rumor, word on the street has it that Zelensky's been stashing some of this uh, aid, quote-unquote, uh, in his offshore accounts. I told you on a show a while back that he had bought some condo in, I think, the Bahamas. I can't remember where it was. But nonetheless, so just like the other guys, he's taking money, he's taking armament, he's taking supplies from the U.S. to fight a pseudo-war with Russia. Um... So I guess <laughs> under the guise of we're going to be letting to NATO. If you if you do this for us, uh, we'll let you into NATO. Oh, by the way, we're not going to let you into NATO. He's over there wherever this meeting has taken place. There was a photo of him yesterday with all these NATO leaders, and they're all hobnobbing and shaking hands, and he's sitting there all dejected. No one's talking to him. Everyone's turned his back on him, literally and figuratively. They're They're... If you're, and this is what happens. This is why uh, the four gentlemen, or I should say gentlemen, but the four guys that I mentioned before did what they did is their backs were turned on them by the U.S., essentially by the U.S. I don't know that NATO had anything to do with them for, but we're just going to talk about us. Because <sighs> we paid them for an objective. They, in turn, got their you know, we turned their backs, our backs on them. They in turn said, okay, fuck you. We're going to do this. Okay. Now, was it right for us to do, go to war with Saddam and Osama and the Taliban and kill them? I don't know if it was right or wrong. I did a show on the killing of Muammar Gaddafi. The things that he was doing for that country didn't seem to be necessarily bad. He wanted to put them on a gold standard. He wanted to bring that into all of Africa. I think personally that's why he was killed. Um, but you can see the writing on the wall for Zelensky. So now let's just say that a peace agreement is is um, levied between Russia and Ukraine. With all this stuff that we've given to Zelensky and Ukraine, will he then in turn become an asshole like the other four guys? And use it to invade Poland or whatever. I, I'm just, you know, whatever. Or will it be something else? Or will they just learn or... I mean, <laughs> I, I say this because it's not like the U.S. learns their lessons from their past mistakes, obviously. Or will they just go in there and kill Zelensky? I'm not... I mean, personally, I think Zelensky's a puppet anyway. I think... His whole being president was a color revolution, was a was all about getting rid of, uh, <laughs> almost said Progression, getting rid of uh, whatever the dude's name was before him, 
to put this guy in so he could be puppeteered. He could be controlled. But it's weird. So sometimes, and you've probably seen this movie, you put someone in control under the guise of them not really being in control, but they feel like they're in control, so then they pretend like they are in control. And then they get power hungry because they think they're in, in control when really they're not, but they are. So that's what's going to get Zelensky, in my opinion, killed. Do I wish for him to die? No, I don't wish for anyone to die. I'm just telling you, based on the history of the things we do to numbskull leaders, so to speak, they die. We put them in control. We give them money to do a job for us. We then in turn turn our backs on them. They get a little pissed off, and so we kill them. So, not saying today, I'm not saying tomorrow, but guarantee you within the next year, Zelensky magically dies. And essentially, this is why this NATO thing, whether we're in, <laughs> I say we, whether Russia and, and um, Ukraine are physically in an altercation right now, or they sign a peace agreement, they, <laughs> Ukraine will never be able to become part of NATO without a war starting. It has nothing to do with current fighting. It has nothing to do with that. That's an excuse. And that's an excuse that they're going to give saying, oh, we really can't do it because you're fighting. And if you, you know, if you're fighting and you sign up and then we got to fight and we don't really want to fight, you know, because you basically, we gave you all of our shit and now we don't have anything for ourselves. So we really can't get involved. And we might have China barking up our ass here in a little bit, so we really can get involved. No, it has nothing to do with that. The fact of the matter is, NATO, the NATO military alliance and the Russian Federation were, you know, the relations between those two entities were established back in 91. Within the framework of the North Atlantic Cooperation Council in 1994, Russia joined the Partnership for Peace program on May 27th and 97 the NATO Russia founding act was signed at a NATO summit in Paris enabling the creation of the NATO Russia permanent joint council through the early years of the 2010s NATO and Russia signed several additional agreements on cooperation that the NRPJC uh, was replaced in 02 with the NATO Russian council uh, which established in an effort of partnership on security issues and the joint projects together. So the promise was that NATO would not encroach on the um, borders or on the border of Russia. There was supposed to be a non-military zone, whatever you want to call it, just a border. But in the meantime, you have every country, with the exception of Belarus and Ukraine, that borders Russia, a NATO country. So, if Ukraine became a NATO country, that basically locks out Russia from... Well, it doesn't lock them out totally from Black from the Black Sea, but it doesn't help them. And not to mention that puts NATO on the doorstep 
of Russia. Now, that's not to say that NATO is going to invade Russia, but it makes Russia feel like that. Now, why should it matter? Okay, let's paint a picture. Let's just say Russia and or China, okay? We're going we're gonna to say that those two are our enemies. I don't necessarily believe it. I think the word enemy is, is drawn up to us by the, by the media to get us all angry and hate Russia and hate um, China. But, okay, just for sake of arguments, Russia and China are our enemies. It's 1985 and we hate Russia again, right? If Russia rolled into Mexico and said, we are going to pay you a billion dollars or whatever, and we're going to set up a military base in Mexico or Canada or, hell, uh, Cuba. How did that work out? (laughs) How do you think we would feel? How did we feel back in, what was that, 62, 63, when when the Soviet missile crisis happened, when they they had submarines outside of Cuba 90 miles from from, uh, Florida? How did we feel? I wasn't around back then. If you were, I mean, you might have been a little kid or whatever. But nonetheless, if you look at the history of that, it was pure panic. People were building bomb shelters. People were freaking out. People were doing a lot of the things we're doing today as far as prepping and whatnot. But how did that make us feel? So if... If we would feel that way, if Russia and or China did something like that in Mexico or Canada or whatever, why would you think that Russia wouldn't feel the same way if we did the same thing or NATO did the same thing to them? They see it as an act of aggression. Why <laughs> why does Ukraine need to be in Russia and uh, NATO anyway? What's the point? Well, it's for protection, right? That's what the, the word is. It's for their protection. But, you know, you can look at the map of who's in NATO. And, like, Ireland's not in NATO. Uh, Yugoslavia's not in NATO. Switzerland's not in NATO. Uh, I don't know what else. I can't tell what else that other country is. But there's, I don't know, one... With the exception of Ukraine and um, Belarus, there's one, two, three, four, five, six countries in Europe that are not part of NATO for whatever reason. So why is it such a big deal about Ukraine? Why aren't you focused on? <laughs> why aren't you focused on? Um, I'm sorry, I was reading something. Why aren't you focused on? Uh, Switzerland or these other countries that are in Europe that are uh, trying to see who I can find who is. So the 12. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on. You know, God forbid they just give you a list. Uh, These countries are in it. These countries are not. Um, But anyway, why aren't you focused on those other countries. Why isn't why aren't you focused on Belarus? Not that they would join, but why are you just focused on Ukraine? What's the big deal about Ukraine being in NATO? What are we what are we, the US, because NATO's NATO, but I think uh, US kinda 
runs that shit, right? So why are we in... <laughs> uh, why are we focused on Ukraine? I'm sorry, I keep reading stuff. I'm trying to figure out stuff. Why are we why are we um why do we care about Ukraine? Why not all those countries? If it's such a big deal and a lot of these all these other countries that aren't in NATO are still part of that partnership for peace that was signed with Russia back in ninety seven and the US and NATO. So what's the big deal? Uh, you see what I'm saying? Why can't why can't uh, we leave them alone? Why do they have to be in? I you know I, I just can't wrap my head around it. When you have five six other countries over there that are not part of NATO that are in that same mix, but yet here's our here's where we're worried about. We signed. I see. I keep saying we, but NATO signed an agreement with Russia that this would never happen. Then they're trying to make it happen. So obviously Russia is getting a little worried. Okay? In the meantime, America's weapon stockpiles are being depleted as Dipshit McGee keeps giving stuff to the Ukrainians. Now, that alone, realistically, could be an act, could be foreseen as an act of war by Russia. Even though we're not technically firing a shot or launching a missile, it's our shit that's doing this. <sighs> I can't help but wonder why. Why would you knowingly deplete our ammunitions, our weaponry, our equipment, <clears throat> our money to, to this? Why? What is... <laughs> I just, I can't wrap my head around this whole situation. And then you have the whole thing. About, what was that? June. So I wrote this down. Let me see. Let me go, let me go back to my notes here real quick. Um, so, you know, speaking of Russia, what's going on with Prigozhin and Putin? Now, I talked about that on uh, June 25th, day after the quote-unquote Russian coup. This is... Um, Lieutenant Colonel well, Look, I'll be right up front. Um, I am mystified as most others. Tony Schaefer. He was on, on uh, Human Events uh, yesterday. I always refer back to the Cold War. The Russians, for better or for worse, were masters of deception. Uh, Jack, you and I uh, have a counterintelligence and, and foreign intelligence background. One of the things during the Cold War the Russians were very good at is essentially uh, sending in walk-ins. You know, we were trained to deal with walk-ins. That is to say, people who pretend to be or are leaving their side, in this case, Russia, coming in to say, hey, we want to spy for you. We, we have information critical. And uh, there's uh, ample evidence that something was going on. I think Prigozhin did have contact with U.S. intelligence in some form before he did what he did. The question becomes, did he try to actually deceive the U.S. and West, saying that he's going to lead this revolution and see who came out and wanted to support it? Uh, obviously, we do know that the Gang of Eight, the 
intelligence folks of both House and Senate uh, uh, were briefed by the Biden administration on something before Prigozhin did what he did. The question becomes, did Prigozhin approach them and say, have I got a deal for you? If you pay me, I'm going to lead a revolution against uh, Putin. Uh, come along with me. I think that's a distinct possibility based on the amount of secrecy that surrounds whatever was going on. I don't know that. Uh, but what is important is to acknowledge when we don't know something and start uh, providing or pro projecting aspirations onto the audience. We all have responsibilities. I run think tanks. You're a member of the media. I think we, we owe it to the American people uh, an honest answer or an honest I don't know. Instead, I've seen members of the on the left side, left-wing media, project their aspirations. And I remember back when this started, you had the, the two names that I think we often mention, Malcolm Nance, Jennifer Rubens, to, to name a couple, who were saying, oh, this is the beginning of the end for Putin. It's all over. There's going to be a mass revolution. And we, you know, we think that Prigozhin is going to replace Putin. And first off, if that was true, Prigozhin is, I think, if not as aggressive, he's probably more aggressive. He was arguing for a more severe, more aggressive approach to taking out uh, the Ukrainian forces in Donbass, uh, the other members uh, who would have joined him on this would have been more severe, more aggressive. So the idea of replacing Putin with 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 Prigozhin or others was never something I thought was a good idea, just because, you know, I don't think you want to see that level of chaos. The other thing to remember, if it was true, if Prigozhin really was trying to take out Putin, Jack, you and I both know we don't want Russia to become, quote unquote, ungoverned. Uh, ungoverned space, uh, especially uh, in, in, in something as big as Russia, with nuclear weapons could be uh, tragic. Uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I and some other folks have looked at is loose nuclear weapons. Uh, the moment you have an arsenal the size of, of Russia left somewhat ungoverned. Un, 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 All right. I can, I can only handle so much of the stuttering. So, um, <clears throat> like I said, on June 25th, I talked about the um, what was I, I called it the banking favor the banking error in uh, Ukraine's favor right you remember the 6.2 billion that they magically found in the Pentagon's uh, coffers from the uh, the miscalculations of whatever and I called the Russian coup a conspiracy I talked about how the whole Prigozhin thing to overthrow the government was crap. And what he probably, you know, that we probably paid him off with the, you know, with that accounting error. So, like Tony Schaefer just said here, we know for a fact that our intelligence agencies met with him. Because he said, this is what I'm going to do. He was probably paid off to do it. Whether it was the 6.2, half of it, part of it, one of it, whatever. I guarantee you some of that money went to this dude. In the meantime, he allegedly is making his march towards Russia, right? And then abruptly stops, and then supposedly they sign a deal with Putin, whatever, whatever, and he goes to Belarus to be in exile. But then five days later, it's reported that he met with Putin face-to-face -face in Moscow, so, like, Lieutenant Colonel there said, uh, we know for a fact that Russia is is one of um, deception, 
and we can't trust them, okay, that's fine. We can't. We can't trust. I personally believe we can't trust anybody anymore. <laughs> anybody. Our government, other people's government, no one. They're all fucking shithead liars. The thing that really gets you going is the fact that they um, <laughs> they pulled the wool, essentially, over our intelligence agency. And I said this. Probably was the case. Well, it looks like I was right. Okay? Um, <laughs> I also saw that uh, on Russia, or not on Russia, I mean on Ukrainian media, there was a report. Uh, now the Russia, it was all, all in Russian and Ukrainian, so it was very hard to make out everything they were saying. But basically, they were showing a video of a police raid in Russia of uh, Prigozhin's ma- mansion. Mansion, he's just a, you know, he's a, he's what they call an oligarch, so he's a, you know, he's rich. But anyway, so they showed this video of the Russian police or military, whatever they were, raiding his house, finding all these weapons and all this cash and all this and all that, <clears throat> and uh, saying that, oh, Prigozhin's been arrested, he's going to jail, uh, he's probably going to be dead, we can't even find him. Well, Pergozin, forget about the Wagner group, he made his money by what? Does anyone know how Pergozin made his money? Some, Well, some of his money, I should say. He runs a media group, okay, in Russia. One of his jobs, what he gets paid for by the Russian government, is to produce propaganda video. Okay, so this man is obviously a cunning person. He comes up with these propaganda videos, whether it's videos for their people, other governments, whatever. So who's to say that that video we see of the Russian police raiding his his mansion wasn't a propaganda video produced by him himself. How do we know that? We don't know. I'm just speculating here, obviously. But you have a person who made his riches, part of his riches, by being a media manager for a company that he owns that produces propaganda videos for the Russian government. Then, magically enough, here's a video put out by the Russian television showing a police raid on his... On his uh, mansion. Shit, do you ha- I mean, God bless. I'm just a fucking dude here sitting in his house in fucking Florida. Got done working. Went to the gym today. Am I the only one that can figure this shit out? Am I just that fucking smart? Or are you guys just that stupid? Or am I way off base? I, I honestly don't think I'm that far from the truth. Because in the last couple of weeks, I've been hitting shit pretty good. I've been hitting shit pretty good. The Russian coup was a falsity. It was fake. This man made money from our government, however much that money was, whether it was $1 billion or $6.2 billion, He made money off of this. And it was all for show. It was more propaganda. This guy, obviously, has made his living by being a propagandist. Okay, His part-time job, or what he does for kicks, is run a mercenary group. <laughs> so... You understand the game that's being played and our media and 
the mainstream media, whether it's in this country or, or Europe or wherever, is being played for fucking suckers by <laughs> Russia. <laughs> and and in the meantime, we're pushing Zelensky into the fire. Keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. Here's some more bullets, here's some more arms, here's some this, and here's some that, here's some money. Keep fighting. Why? We obviously don't want to go to war with Russia. We obviously don't. Because if we really did, if we really, 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 really wanted a World War III, we would say, hey, Ukraine, you're you're part of NATO now. Oh, look at that. You're still fighting. We're going to have to go to war. So obviously, they don't want. Now, whether U.S. wants it or not, that's beside the point. NATO, the, the group of NATO, doesn't. Okay? We've got to find what's the point in all of this. What's the point? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> all right. So, on to more news. So, today, or, uh, yeah, I was thinking it was today. Yep. Yep. Today? Today? No? Yesterday? Today? Yeah, today. <laughs> the new inflation numbers came out. And, of course... 3% for the month of June. Look at that. Bidenomics is working. 3% year over year. We're doing awesome. And like I've said for a fucking more than a year, and especially this year as the inflation has technically gone down, the fact of the matter is prices are up 16% since dipshit took office. I don't give a shit that inflation's only 3% from June of this year to June of last year. So from June of last year, when it was 9.2% <laughs> from the June prior, so what are we on, 23? So in June of 22, it was 9.2% higher than it was June of of uh, 21, right? And now it's 3% higher than it was the 9.2. So even though technically I can see their small victory of inflation only being 3%, the goal is 2%, which they'll probably hit next month, or this month, whatever. Um, <laughs> the lies. You tell me. Fuck what the numbers say. Go to the grocery store. How much are you spending versus how much are you getting? I don't give a shit what these numbers say. Okay. The fact of the matter is stuff is one or two or three more dollars than it was a year ago, two years ago. Food's expensive. And I like you get on Twitter and you see this. Oh, the, the inflation um, wages have surpassed inflation. You know, what, what I talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, the average wage raise was 4.8% or something like that. So now cool. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Gas is through. I don't know what it is. National. I don't know what the national 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 averages, but I know in Florida, or at least around here, it's like three fifty a gallon for for your basic gas. That's still what a buck fifty more than it was when the dipshit took office. That's still high. I don't think gas has been under three dollars since he's been in office. Groceries are more expensive. If you pay rent, your rent's gone up. You know, if you if you don't have a fixed mortgage, your mortgage rate has gone up. Where where is where is the money being saved? Where is it only three percent? I just love, I just love 
how the the game's being played. I, I just it really bothers me. And you can't have this conversation with with opposing views. That's only three percent. It's only three. It's he's doing great. Bidenomics is working. And you know, of course, you're gonna see the numbers start working out in Joe Biden's favor, assuming he's actually gonna run for re-election. So, last week, last Sunday, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, right? We talked about it. Everyone's talked about it. Hazmat team was called to the White House because there was a white powder found, right? Remember that story? Then Wednesday, it really broke that it was cocaine, right? You remember that? And it was here, it was there, it was in a cubby hole, it was in the library, it was uh, in the in the den with uh, C- Colonel Mustard or whatever. I don't remember. But we were told, we were promised that the Secret Service is, is investigating and they're going to have an answer. They're going to have all the information you need come Monday. Well, what's today? Today's Wednesday, right? This is Jean Pierre, whatever. Into the cocaine at the White House, the Secret Service indicated that they're closer to. Yeah. I don't have any updates, as you know. As you just mentioned, Secret Service is under their purview. They're certainly investigating uh, the situation. I just don't have anything updated. I- so, Korean Diversity Hire has no clue. Okay, so they said Monday, we would have a thing by Monday, it's Wednesday, they still don't fucking know. And then you have this. You have this. (laughs) The Secret Service on Tuesday declined to honor a FOIA request for communications related to the investigation of the cocaine found in the White House, saying that to release those materials would compromise the investigation. Bloomberg investigative reporter Jason Leopold posted the response from the Secret Service to his request in which the agency stated disclosure would could responsibly be expected to interfere with the enforcement of proceedings. The rest of the letter outlined Leopold's option to challenge the determination but offended, offered no explanation for the agent's refusal. Well, because I think that right there pretty much tells you everything you need to know. That right there just tells you they kind of have an idea of who's responsible but they can't let the cat out the bag just yet so i think what it breaks down to is this from from everything i've heard with where this cocaine was actually found okay it's either a biden family member okay whoever that may be Whoever may be the one that possibly would have cocaine, Hunter, in the White House, Hunter. Um, so it's either it's either a Biden member, family member, Biden, Hunter, Biden, <laughs> or it was across the hall from the VP's office. So it could be camel toes, right? Or since it was by the Situation Room, there's construction going on. It could be construction workers. But of those three entities a Biden family member, the VP, or construction workers, of those three entities, only one of those goes through a search and seizure, essentially. So if you're a random construction worker, Bob, that you're working on the Situation Room, number one, I would assume you're not just the, the no offense to guys that are listening to this that are construction workers, but I would assume if you're working construction at the white house you're probably not just the random construction worker uh get her done type guy number one you're probably 
not even a construction worker from Bob's Construction. You see what I'm saying? You're Surely you're part of the government. But with that being said, you're still not walking onto the job site. You're going through metal detectors. You're going through dog sniffing or dog sniffing. You're going through drug sniffing dogs, weapon sniffing dogs. You're going through. They're checking your tools. They're checking your toolboxes. They're going through everything. You're not just walking into the White House to fucking swing a hammer. It's not how it is. It's not like you're walking into a building and building a building. It's not like that. As far as the VP and the Biden family is concerned, they don't go through all that. So, with that being said, there's probably a 70 or 66% chance that it is someone in Biden's fold, whether it's a family member, the VP. Now, will this come out to end up being Kamala's, Kamala's, Kamala, whatever the fuck her name is, as part of we need to get rid of her because she knows where the bodies are buried. She knows things that she probably shouldn't know. And it's kind of a twofold. If the ultimate goal for the they in this situation is to move Biden along, right? We don't want him. I mean, obviously, we don't want him to be president anymore, but I don't think the Democrats, I don't think the they want him to be president anymore. So if the ultimate goal is to move him along, we have to get rid of her, okay? And you don't have to kill her. You don't have to fire her. You don't have to. But if there's cocaine found and it ends up being hers, she gets a send-off and she's done. Then it opens the door for you to get rid of Biden. And what will be interesting is if it happens to be, even if it's not, the VP's cocaine, even if it's not hers, but it's involved around her somehow where she's ashamed and she ends up having to step down. Let's let's just say that that's the case. What will be interesting is who replaces her. And whoever that person is will tell you everything you need to know about what their plans are for Joe Biden. That's just... I like to put that stuff out there because the only sponsor that we have for the most part, yeah, we got Maker's Mark and we got Redcon, but basically I'm my, I'm self-sponsored. The DTOM store is available. You can help me out and buy some shirts, you buy some stickers, you buy some stuff. But that's it. I don't care. I can say what I want to say because no one's going to say, hey, Don, you can't say that. Fuck you. I can say what I want. Freedom of speech, bitch. I'm saying this on July 12th, 2023, that... There's a good chance that that cocaine ends up being VP Harris's or someone affiliated with her. And then in disgrace, she steps down. I'm no longer VP because blah, blah, blah. Then they place whoever, because I think, I think you can put someone in as VP. They have to go through. The, the rigmarole of getting approved by Senate, I think. I'm not exactly sure because it's unprecedented. So, I mean, so do they put Gavin Newsom in there? Hmm? I'm just, just asking the question. But if they put someone like that in there, then Biden 
retires. It's not, it's not like he's about to not be president. He's still got a year and a half. <laughs> right? You kind of answer the question why Newsom's doing the things he's doing lately. I'm not running for president. Why the fuck are you out here? Why are you doing all this stuff? Just, just throwing it out there, guys. So, with that being said, that's all I got for you today. Look at that. 48 minutes. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, guys. So, I'm going to close it out here. Please, if you're on social media, check us out at Don't Tread on America on Instagram, TikTok, and the uh, Facebook. <laughs> We're also on the Twitter machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And then, of course, our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And uh, if you subscribe or follow us on any of those situations, you can message the show. You can send me an email. You can tell me to fuck off. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, but please, guys, check out the DTOM store. The link will be on the bottom of the podcast app. Whatever podcast app you're listening on, please make sure you're following us there for a course first, number one. Go to the DTOM store. Check it out. If you're on our website, you can subscribe. I will not spam you when I get a bunch of crap. Subscribe to the website. And then uh, also there's a link there to the DTOM store. Check that out and, uh, you know, buy a shirt, man. Help brother out. Spread the word. Spread the word. Help brother out. All right, guys. You guys have a fantastic Wednesday, and I will talk to you again on Friday.